You're listening to the Bookkeepers Podcast with the 6FB, the weekly podcast for bookkeepers. Every week, we'll be talking about what's new in the bookkeeping world. And here are your hosts and founders of the Six Figure Bookkeeper, Joe Wood and Zoe Whitman. Hi, and welcome back to Bookkeepers Bootcamp. I'm Zoe Whitman. I'm here with Joe Wood, and we're joined by James Ashford. Hi, James. How are you? Hey, fantastic. Thank you. Really good. Uh, it's so nice to see you, and uh, we have been having some amazing fun this week in Bookkeepers Bootcamp. We are—I don't know how many sessions we're in. You know what it's like. We just go full on, and um, but we're right in the middle of the week, and um, so we had to have our favourite pricing confidence expert on, or as me and Zoe have been laughingly and jokingly calling you just God, because um, who was it that called you God earlier this week, Zoe? It was Ashley. Ashley Leeds just called you God, by the way, so there you go. (laughs) Well, that's very, I don't know how to quite respond to that, but yeah, I will take that as a compliment, thank you. Oh, goodness. So, um, James, we have so many new people in our community and um, lots of them are following us on Bookkeepers Bootcamp. So if somebody hasn't come across you before, would you yeah. give us a little bit of an intro? Yeah, and maybe this is an intro that you've not had before, uh, Joe and Zoe. So, you know, I set up my own business uh, years ago. We had a, I'd been made redundant twice during the last recession in like 2008. <clears throat> we had our first child on the way and I had this brilliant idea of, I know how I'm gonna make loads of cash and have loads of free time. I'm gonna set up my own business. So I started out um, and I set up a marketing agency and, uh, you know, we, we provided a great service, but it was never really a business. I had a job, uh, had a job with assistance. And, uh, you know, what happens is you, you start out in a, in a business and you're, a, you're skilled in your craft. You're great at what you do, but just because you're great at marketing doesn't mean say that you're great at running a marketing business. I spoke to a painter and decorator yesterday, a friend of mine, just because you're a fantastic painter and decorator, doesn't mean say you know how to run a painting decorating business and so we have to make this leap and there's, there's no magic button there's no pill you can take and all of a sudden you get this all this stuff so the first book i read i've actually got it on my desk here and this is the actual book i got when i set that marketing agency up which was uh e-myth revisited so that was a, a business coach kind of gave me that book to understand the importance of systems and and, and processes and you know, throughout that, I realized that one of the challenges, how do you price and sell your services properly? And uh, we got that bit right. We got lots of things right in that business, but ultimately that business failed. Um, and it failed because I became distracted. It failed because we didn't have the full finance function of the business. It failed because we weren't charging enough, Joe. I always remember, like, I thought things were going all right. And then I brought this expert in. And he, he kind of took my blindfold off and showed me everything that was wrong. I'm like, shit, like, what, how do we dig out? How do we get ourselves out of this? And he says, you need to triple your prices today. And I had a client, a prospect coming in that afternoon. And I was about to charge, I would have charged him five grand for this project. So I'm sat there, I'm like, like scared to death. Like, um, it's 15,000 pounds, right? I just remember it's been so, I've gone from five grand to 15 grand for this project. And he went, yeah, sound, when can we start? I just remember sitting thinking, why on earth have I been charging so little for so long that's got us to this point? And so I took all of my lessons and learning from that and started to help other businesses to solve it. And every time I encountered a business, it didn't matter what the problem was, whether they had a recruitment problem, marketing problem, systemizing problem, people problem, it didn't matter what problem it was, you could always trace it back to the fact they weren't charging enough. 
The reason why they can't get the mentoring and support they need is because they're not charging enough. The reason why they can't recruit and get the best staff, not charging enough. So at the crux of every business I encountered was the fact that they were doing more than we're getting paid for. And from then on, I made it my mission to help businesses to avoid the mistakes I've made. Eventually met an accountant, um, helped him to kind of do the, the same thing. And it was through that that we developed Go Proposal. And then fast forward five years, we now help thousands of accounting businesses and bookkeepers around the world to ensure they price consistently, charge confidently, sell the services confidently, and ultimately deliver the most value they can to their clients. Wow. And um, I mean, it has been such a, as a, as a customer of Go Proposal, it is, yes, it's software, but it's not just the software, is it? It's, uh, it's, it's a very holistic approach to software, I think, because you actually give people the tools to not only use the soft software, but have that confidence that you speak about. Um, and not just not just with the pricing as well. Obviously, you've got the oversweep, the letters of engagement and things like that. So you've really answered, you've, you've really gone to the point of like, what are the issues of stopping people to price consistently and uh, at that value that they need to? And how are we going to get them there? And it's not just about the software. It's about because we have to deliver it and actually um, get, let people know what that is going to cost. Um, so, uh, I mean, you know that I use Go Proposal in my practice. I absolutely love it. Um, you'll be really proud of me, James, because my biggest issue has been that I've been the only one in the practice using Go Proposal. Yeah. Um, I I'm a bit protective, but I listened to what you said recently. And today, Paul is sending out all of his payroll renewals without me involved. So um, I'm, get I'm getting there. I'm getting it. But that takes us to the point where I, when you said there at the beginning, when you had this marketing business you owned a business but in reality you had a job what do you yeah. mean by that and how can we relate that to the bookkeepers that are listening i remember going to a, a talk when i first started and, and this guy said um like a, he gave a definition of a business which is a profitable enterprise which runs without you a profitable enterprise which runs without you and that didn't run without me. <laughs> like if, if you took me out of the, the process, that business would have ground to a halt. And so I, I always had that in my mind. And then I always remember what else he said at the end of that, that session. He said, um, it takes you 10 years to, to build a successful, profitable business. And I remember sitting there thinking, 10 years? And he went, he said, I know you're thinking that's a long time, but it's better than never. And I always had that in my head, which is, yeah, fair point. And it, it's having that patience. So it's about you know, pushing your business forward, being patient at the same time as pushing as hard as you can. But it's to be really honest with yourself and have that awareness to think, have I got a job or, or do I have a business? And I think if you've got, you know, let's say you've got a bookkeeper who's worked for another company or another bookkeeping practice, what come from industry, whatever, and something's happened as it's made them think, right, I now want to set up on my own. I've seen other people get it wrong. I want to get it right. Or my boss was an arse. So I'm going to prove it. I'm going to prove that I can do it right. And to really prove I'm going to get it right, I'm going to even name the bookkeeping practice after myself so that my old boss really gets to hear about me and really sees how well I'm doing now, right? So they make it very, very personal. And they go from having a job to now having a business, which is a huge leap to make. And although they might make that leap um, – kind of they're taking the actions towards it it's whether mentally they've made that leap and they've, they've removed themselves from employee mode 
And what they often do is, and I spoke to a few of your, your guys around this, a few of your bookkeepers, is that the way they charge and price, they can never have a business. Because what they're doing is, let's say, for example, they were getting paid, I don't know what you get paid as a bookkeeper. What do you get paid as a bookkeeper? Like 15 quid an hour for working for someone else, 20 quid an hour? What do you get? Yeah, probably less than 20 quid an hour, I reckon, if you work it yeah. back. Like what you actually take yeah. home, yeah. Yeah, sure, okay. So let's say they're getting 15 quid an hour, right? And then they set up on their own, and now they're, char they're charging themselves 25 quid an hour, right? Or 30 quid an hour. And they're thinking, wow, we're in the money now. Double we've doubled what we do, what we were doing before, right? But then they've not factored in all their overheads, all of the costs, etc. But the bit they don't factor in is what do we need to do when we, we need to, when I need to bring in another bookkeeper to work for me? And not only that, I need to bring in two, let's say three bookkeepers. And then at that point, I'm gonna need an admin member of staff as well. So am I charging an amount of money to my clients that as we grow and we get to a certain point in time would allow me to bring bookkeeper number two in, bookkeeper, bookkeeper number three, and then to bring the admin member of staff and then to back me out of it? Like, have they thought that through? So a really good exercise to do is to build out your organizational chart, your organogram, and to say, right, how many staff will we have by the end of this year, by the end of next year? And if we're going to have two members of staff or three members of staff, how much, how many clients would we need? How much money would we need to be bringing in? And therefore, what would we need to be charging? Because if the maths that you've got don't get to a point where you are no longer involved in the running and day-to-day and -day, like on the tools doing it, and it's paying you your your wage. If you if that doesn't kind of happen on your timeline at some point in the future, you haven't got a business, you've got a job, and you need to make some changes now. And it won't be massive changes. It's not being successful in this isn't about big U-turns. It's about a one-degree shift. It's about a two-degree shift. The reason why this boot camp event is so fantastic and the reason why your coaching programs and mentoring programs are so fantastic is that you help your members to make those one and two degree changes, which don't seem that much, but over the next three months, six months, 12 months, they end up in a very different position than where they are now. Yeah. Well, thank you for that. And absolutely. So, so someone just said, um, and Zoe just shared, you know, what about sole traders? And yeah, the thing is with sole traders is that you've created a job for yourself haven't you? You've created a job yeah. and that's absolutely fine. We're not saying don't be a sole trader. What we're saying is just recognize what you're building. And if you want um, freedom and um, able to go on holiday when you want and still receive an income, then you need to create a business or else you've created a job that doesn't pay you sick pay and doesn't pay you holiday pay. Um, and the sole being a sole trader is is tricky um in that but, but people assume that if they've set up as a trading as um yeah. that they've got a business and that is we're just pointing out here what you've got you have created a job for yourself and it is a business but it's not a business that's going to create the freedom and the wealth that maybe you thought you were going to get when you set up on your own is that right yeah. <clears throat> that's right and, and the key phrase here uh joe is options so what you want to be able to do is to create yourself as many options for yourself as fast as possible. So people talk about like exit strategies in a business, but I always talk about option strategies because whilst you may be a sole trader now and you're fit and healthy and active and, and, and everything's fine, no one knows the future. It's the, it's, the, it's the only thing that we don't know, you know, the only thing that's guaranteed on the entrepreneurial journey is that we don't know what's coming and 
we can't future proof your business. All you can be is agile to be able to take advantage of opportunities or changes in your lifestyle or your circumstances when they appear. So you need to get to a point where you've got as many different options as possible. So let's say, for example, right now, you're like, well, I'm able to work 40 hours a week. I'm a sole trader. I don't want to employ anyone. That is why I do what I do. And I'm perfect. Brilliant. Okay, great stuff. And then let's say in 12 months down the line, something happens with a family member, an elderly family member, and you now have to be their carer for a quarter of your week or one or two days a week, right? Your, your circumstances have now changed. And if you don't have a business that says, okay, didn't see that coming, but I need to be able to do that. That's important to me. So I now need to bring in a part-time member of staff to cover that one, those two days when I'm not at work to be able to accommodate my change in lifestyle, okay? If at that point you haven't been charging enough to allow yourself to be able to bring someone else in at that point, you've backed yourself into a corner. And that's the key thing, I think, is whatever you do, you want as many options as possible. And those options could include scaling up, like everything's working great. I love it. I love employing people. I want to employ 10 people. Or, um, you know, it might be that your kids are getting to an age where they, they're having, you know, they're, they're starting school. So you can have 12 weeks holiday a year and you decide, I want to have every week off. I want to have 12 weeks off a year to be able to enjoy the school holidays with, with my kids, Right or I want to franchise my business out, or someone comes along and says, I want to buy it. Like, these are all possible scenarios that could happen in, in the future. And if you're only banking on one possible route, which is that you're going to work on your own 40 hours a week forevermore, that's okay as long as everything else around you stays the same and we have no global pandemics and, and you know, nothing changes. And so to my mind, to enable me to sleep at night, I always want the most number of options possible uh, in front of me. I'm loving seeing all of the messages that are coming up in the group where people are saying, I realise I still have a job and other people are jumping in and saying, uh, that, I think this is Claire, may, maybe agreeing um, the same. And I think people are starting to notice that within the community. We just actually came off of a startup call and we were talking to some of the people who completed our startup programme last year. And uh, we were talking about setting their businesses up with their plan for 2022. And Patrick was on the call and Patrick's starting his business. He's actually launching in 12 days time. And we were talking right. about, he wants to come in, at, his background is audit and advisory. And he wants to come in at that level working with small businesses. And he's already doing some coaching with businesses. And we were talking about, well, actually, you're in this brilliant position because you can set up a business where you do go in at that level and you bring people in who can support with this. But you still need to see that at some point you need to be able to remove yourself. So when you're starting up, this is great because you can say, what, does, like you said, what does my organization structure need to look like and who am I going to bring in? And what does that mean for my uh, my costing, my budgeting? What do I need to be earning in the business? What do you do, though, if you've been charging an hourly rate? Like for the people who are making these breakthroughs on the call now, seeing actually something needs to change now and you've got to like go and reinvent the whole thing. Where do those people start? So it, it starts with that breakthrough moment of, of realizing we must make a change. Uh, while ever it's, we should make a change. It'd be nice to, or I'd want to, et cetera. It won't happen. You know, it, it has to, it has to come from a position of something must be different now. Um, because 
you will encounter challenges on that journey in terms of bringing that in. You will have some difficult conversations. It will knock your confidence and all this stuff. And, you know, what you said at the start, Joe, I'm going to deviate slightly, Zoe, but make sure you bring me back to your question, right? What you said at the start about, you know, what we do at GoPoso and how we help people, et cetera, around, around this, and we don't just provide software, it's because you can't. Like, what we're talking about here is fundamentally you charging what you're worth in the world. So it's you saying, I believe I have this value. I am worth this much in the world and I'm going to charge you that much and I want you to pay me that much, right? That That's like, if we trace that back and all the psychology that's woven into that, it's like, like, like wanting to seek our parents' approval from being a child. Like it goes right back to those type of things, yeah? Um, because we wanted to kind of be valued in the world, in the in the world, and we all, if we're worth anything, I believe we all have that kind of doubt, and we all have the imposter syndrome, and think that we're not good enough, and think that we're making it all up as we go along. So you have all that psychology to contend with, and then what you just talked about there, Zoe, is we're now going to go back to clients and st- say, well, I was charging you by the hour, now I'm going to charge you in this way, and it may be considerably more, etc. And now we're getting into the realms of kind of possible rejection from clients, so. That fear of a client rejecting you, again, I promise you, is the, the psychology woven into that. You know, I, I always think back to this one because this girl I wanted to go out with for years. And um, anyway, I ended up going out with her. I was young, like 16, she's like my first girl. And she invited me to the ice skating disco. And I was cr- I couldn't ice skate. Still kind of ice skate now. I'm sure there's some fear attached to that. Anyway, invited me to the ice skating disco. But I took a mate along. She took a friend along as well. It was a, an, it was a Valentine's disco. She was off skating with these guys. Anyway, her friend skated over halfway through and said, uh, you can get yourself off now. She's going out with Paul. Right? Like, oh. So we like, me and my mate, we left. And we saw them driving off. It was awful. Like, we've all got experiences on our past of being rejected by partners, of parents divorcing, of someone dying and, and being left. And that fear of rejection Every time we sense that we may be heading that direction, it stirs up emotions that we've not fully resolved. It's like poking a wound that has not fully healed, okay? So we can't talk about pricing and selling and repricing without having that awareness and and really digging into some of that psychology. And that's massively hard, and that's everything that we try and help people with, which I I know is beyond the remit of a piece of software, but I've always been very, very sensitive to that, okay? Um, because now what you're saying, Zoe, is you've got to go back to a client who you've grown fond of, you've got a friendship with, you've been charging them 20 quid an hour, and now, or 50 quid an hour, whatever it is, and now we're proposing that you're going to charge in a, a very different way. If you've not fundamentally resolved some of that psychology, if you don't have great self-awareness, if you don't have people who can help you to point out your blind spots, okay, that's a real key on that having people around you enough who love you and support you enough to say, Joe, what the hell are you doing? You cannot do that anymore. I know you like them, okay? But at the end of the day, you've got to put food on the table and you want that family holiday this year. And I know you've had your eyes on that car because you've driven past that car garage like three times in the last month. I know you want to go buy that new car, right? Unless you make these changes now, nothing is ever going to change for you. So you have to make these changes. And you, we need people around us, you know, to, to to point out those blind spots and to challenge us for us to be able to push through our comfort zone. 
So we need to unravel all that, which is a huge piece of work and not anything that we can do on the, on this call. So back to your question, Zoe, which was, how do we go away from charging on an hourly basis to charging in a different way? That's the question. Yeah. Okay. So first and foremost, you need to understand why you're doing that and the benefits to you or the benefits to your team or what's going to move you forward with, because you are going to hit some challenges with it. Then we need to figure out a pricing methodology that is going to work for you. So in Go Proposal, um, we have pricing methodologies that you can just import when you when you set it up. And it's, it's always a worthwhile exercise doing it, you know, to, to go and do that. And I'm not going to push Go Proposal, either do it or don't do it. It's entirely up to you. But a free trial is dead easy to do. You don't have to put your card details in. It's dead easy to cancel. Like, so just go and play, have a play with it, I would suggest. But... One of the pricing methodologies that we advocate is that rather than charge based on time, you charge based on the number of transactions that you are reconciling or the, the number of items that need reconciling or the number of invoices that need generating for a client or a number of debts that need chasing. It has to be something other than time because whilst ever you're charging on time, it's now no longer in your interest to do anything quicker. Because the moment you can do something faster or more efficient, you lose money, which makes no sense because you're improving the way that you're doing things so you get charged less for it. It's The client has doesn't care about how long it takes. They just care how, how fast it gets done and to what quality it gets done. So they don't care that it's taking you an hour to do or 10 hours to do. They just care how fast they can get that data into their system. And if you charge on time, the only way you can now grow your business is to employ is to either work more hours or to employ more people and those two things are nightmares to do employing more staff working more hours is two things you don't want to do so you have now connected the success of your business to two very hard things and we don't want to do that so we have to develop and use different pricing methodologies that allow you to charge more and make more money without committing more time to to that client absolutely so Okay, so you understand why you need to do it. And it's just about, I suppose, having a conversation and being honest. I mean, I, I remember, so I'm back in, when I started trying to build a business um, and going from just being myself and then having staff, and then I realized that my staff actually had to do the work. Why else was I employing them? But I was so, um, I mean, I'm fine now. I'm happy to give all the work to my staff. But back then... Um, I was petrified at telling my clients someone else is going to do the work now because I believed that they only wanted me. And it's, it's a lot about ego, but I actually really thought, oh my goodness, they really need me. No, they don't. They want the outcome. And that's what we need to really focus on. Um, Claire's just said here, that's where she is now. She's putting in automation, but now she's losing money. She's trying to streamline her practice and now she's going to be losing money. So, um, so I mean, obviously, the best way to do this, and, and this is the conversation we had a bit earlier, is that young, um, new people starting a business, they might think, oh, I don't really have the experience yet. So what I'll do is I'll charge by the hour, get my experience up, and then I'll start charging a monthly fee, because I don't know what I should be charging, I need to do that. But then you've still got to undo all of that. It's much better to start. And also just to say, go proposal. If you do the wizard and you start off on the free trial, you can actually download the prices as a PDF. So you can actually walk away, not have the, the software and have a price list, which yeah. is amazing. So 
And that's giving you, um, in, and again, it's about the value you're adding, not about the time you're spending on each task. Because I want my, I want my staff now to uh, be able to automate as much as possible and use software to it, it, the best of its ability so that we've got more capacity with the staff that we have. Because I don't want to keep growing, growing, growing. But um, at the moment, um, we need to get those processes really streamlined. But you wouldn't have, I, I mean, at the end of the day, why are we doing this? Why are we yeah. in business? It, to make a loss why would we do that but people do yeah. that all the time don't they they just they 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 work and they don't earn any money i've seen it so yeah. often i've seen it in clients and things and it's it makes you think this is madness but what gets people into that kind of is is it these these beliefs that we've had from childhood that were just not worth it so we'd actually prefer to work and actually end i mean so many salon owners i work with when they start working with me they don't take a wage they run the business yeah. and they don't take a wage and yeah. it just blows my mind, but it's so common. Yeah. And, and you, you're absolutely right. You've got to figure out what you want out of this. You know, I always say that, and I, I do get some criticism about this one, but you know, your clients aren't going to come to your funeral. Like what I say is like when you lock your door at night and you kiss your kids, your husband, your dog, your teddy bear, whatever it is, good night. No one's thinking about you. No one's sat there thinking, do you know what? I hope Joe's okay. She works so hard for us. I hope she's just making a good living and, you know, is nice and content and sleeping soundly every night. No one, gives, no one cares, right? So I'm sorry. And you'll, you'll argue they do and they will come to your funeral and that's all lovely, beautiful, right? But my point is, is you have to make sure that what you are getting out of this, your family is getting out of this is what you want. When I started my business, you know, having a business that had failed in the past, when we started this again, it was right. I want to earn this, this many thousands a month, right? So that was my goal one. Everything was driving towards that. Me, you know, I'll share the numbers, like paying myself two grand a month. That was when I can pay the bills and we're okay. And then it was right, well, now if I were to earn five grand a month, my wife don't have to work. She's got a really tough job in a secure psychiatric uh, prison, right? So if I earn five grand a month and clear, I can clear 5K a month, she didn't have to do that. And then if I can get to 10K a month, well, life becomes really exciting and really interesting, okay? Then if I can get to 10K a month, and not have to work, like work one day a week, work one day a month. These things are real. That, that that can happen. And then all of a sudden, we're into more exciting things, okay? And then, obviously, my story then is then I got to a point where I then sold that business. And that's that's the end of that, that not the end of that journey, but that, that's one of the possible options down the route that I've gone. And again, it should be one of the options for your guys as well. But those those things that drove things initially for me was, What's going to make a difference in my life? What is going to make different conversations happen for us? Okay. How is life going to be richer for us in the Ashford household? That is the starting point of everything, of all the decisions in the business. And obviously the way that you then get your, your value out is you've got to provide great value to your clients and make an impact and do all that stuff. But it has to start with you. It has to start with what you want to get out of this. Oh, I love that. And we were talking about this on Monday night when we started this week off. We did a, a big goal setting session and we were talking about like, what is it like when you are living that life where you do the things you really want to do? And, uh, and we've had various conversations with different people over the week and we've sort of said, well, is this realistic? And I think there's probably a lot of people still holding themselves back from really setting the goal that they want to get to because it's like, I don't, I, I don't know, we have like these negative associations with people who 
uh, uh, Joe was saying about like cars maybe last night and you know like the things we, we grow up with people like saying to us like telling us various stories and then we internalize these things and we think of like the rich person as the baddie and stuff and that makes us hold ourselves back we don't even know that we do it most of the time and and a lot of these are like just stories that have become part of what's in our minds um but we do stop ourselves having those goals and then I think I'm just reading the comments and people saying I really need to reprice because like there was someone saying I'm actually I'm actually at a position where I'm making a loss but I still don't want to go back to my clients and say I need to put your prices up um, yeah. and communicating our worth I think is one of those things that is a massive challenge like how do you get on the phone and say this is worth it <laughs> like I know I was charging you like this before but I should have been charging you like this and this is why it's worth you paying this I yeah. think it's that that conversation is like people don't know how to approach it sure okay so you keep asking great questions and I'll keep avoiding them and we will I'm going to solve them we're going to solve these questions Zoe but I love what you're talking about about you know that relationship to money and and being bold enough to say this is what I want like this weekend we're off to uh, we're off to London to watch Lion King okay me and my wife and the kids nice. we go in traveling first class stay in a beautiful hotel book the best seats for Lion King and Becky said to me, she says, this is what it's all about. Not having things, not cars, houses. It's the fact that we can make a decision to do that as a family and create that experience for ourselves and our kids. And that's what's important to us. And so that's what we've driven uh, driven towards. I'm just going to show you this. I thought, this is a poster. I don't know if it's going to come in focus. You can't, it's not going to come in focus. There. there you go. Decisions, 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 right? And it was a poster I had on my bedroom wall when I was seven years old. Okay, might coming back into focus now. I will come into focus. There you go. I had this post on my wall when I was seven years old, and I've just ordered it on eBay. It's arrived. Um, I had to pay like 50 quid for this post. I got it from America, and it was a Lamborghini, a Ferrari, and a Porsche 959. And I just remember as a kid, like dreaming one day I will hopefully be in a position to be able to make that decision. At Christmas, I made the decision. It took 35 years to get me to a point where I made that decision. But you know what? I feel really uncomfortable talking about it and sharing it. I did a little a little post on Instagram about it, but very non, you know, very quiet. I shared it with my friends because like if you want to drive a nice car, we're living in a nice house or whatever, we feel that we we can't share. We, it's not something we should talk about, especially in the UK. I think in America, it's so, you know, it's very aspirational and we aspire to, you know, you know, to achieve these great things. In the UK, like you say, if someone's rich or doing well or drives a nice car, we think there's there's something you know wrong with mother evil or whatever um i've got a, a friend who's an accountant really successful accounting firm like top 50 firm and he's got two cars he's got a range rover sport and he's got an old battered land rover defender right when he drives the range rover sport he gets everyone giving him the v's when he's driving right and what no one will let him through when he drives the rate when he drives the land rover defender everyone's pipping him and cheering him and stuff like that he says so if he feels really bad about himself he gets in the defender to drive around. And it's just that perception like that people have of each other. And that's all tied into this psychology. And we've got to let it go. We've got to think we are worth it. I want it. I want what's right for my family. And I'll do right for my clients as well. But I deserve good things. I want great experiences. I want to create, we all want the same thing. We all want to be able to, we want health and, and fitness and, and wellness, etc. But we all want to give our children great opportunities. I guarantee it. Everyone on this call, if you have children, you want to give your children opportunities. If you don't have children, that's cool. 
but you'll want to give your family and friends opportunities. So by putting yourself in a position where you've got a, a good flow of money coming in, creates opportunities where you can help family out, you can help friends out, you can give to charity, you can give to yourself, you can create great experiences and stuff. And that's what it's all about. So you've got to get comfortable with that. And I realize that's a lot of unpicking. Back to your point, though, Zoe, your actual question. So I would suggest people get my book, Selling to Serve. Um, this will talk through the psychology and actually how to have that conversation. Um, it's a great starting point and, and it will really help you to unpick a lot of this thinking. It's on audiobook if people can bear to listen to me any longer than this call um, and they can, go, they can go and grab that. But one of the things it talks about in there is having that conversation, which is an honest conversation with a client, which says, look, the way we've been charging you doesn't allow us to serve you to the best of our ability. And it's not working for us anymore, I'm afraid. So it has to change. And so we've got a new price, a new way of charging clients. I'm going to put you through this now. You're going to see what it's going to come out at. And I respect this relationship too much. I value this relationship too much not to charge you this way. Because if we carry on as we go in, we're going to get to a point where we're going to have to part company. And I don't want to be able to do that. So I always think, if you're having a difficult conversation with someone, so long as you communicate your intentions first, which is, look, I want to work with you forevermore. I want to continue supporting you and helping you as your business grows. And as you become more successful, we want to become more successful as well. Every time I see an email from you and I see a phone call from you, I want me and my team to be so excited to answer that phone, to pick up that email and to help you and do everything we can to support you in the growth of your business. I want you to be focused on everything you can do to drive your business forward, and we'll take through everything else off you to support you in doing that. However, the way that we've been charging you won't allow that to go anymore, and I'll hold my hand up, and I'll say I've made a mistake, yeah? But I respect this relationship too much. I respect and buy this too much to allow this continue to anymore, so we're going to change the way that we're charging you. Let me pull up GoProposal. So you need a system. It can't just be you saying this because then you're going to get into a, a, a difficult conversation. If you've got a system that will deflect this and say, look, so based on we're doing this for you, this for you, is this still important? You still want us to do this? Da, 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 da. That's how much it's going to be. What do you think? And then at that point, shut the hell up, right? Just shut up, sing a song in your head, do whatever you want. And it is rare that the client will walk away at that point. They may not want to pay that much. They may be a bit unhappy that the price has gone up, but on reflection, they'll pay it and they'll move on. And what hap what's happening now in everyone's head that's listening to this is that, let's say they've got 50 clients, they think, what if that client leaves? Not only that client, what if all my clients leave? What if I reprice my clients, they all disappear? You don't do that. You reprice them in batches of three. Because if you reprice them in a batch of three, I promise you, two of them, the fees will increase. The third one may or may not go, but you weren't bothered where they go anyway. But out of those three, you, you could afford to lose that one client, double those two fees, you'll still be making more money. 
I think everyone who's watching this needs to like just watch this bit watch this bit again like basically get back to like 30 minutes and just watch it because James has just told you everything you need to do when you next pick up the phone I've been watching the chat and there are lots of people talking about like houses and cars and like that all of the like guilt and stuff that we carry around with us and this is what we've got to notice like one of the things we've talked about this week is noticing those thoughts noticing that like imposter or inner voice or whatever it is all of this stuff because we've all got stuff from the past that's hold, held us back or stopped us making decisions or stopped us feeling like we're able to do that stuff um noticing it is the starting point isn't it and now going out there and having those conversations with people like if you're one of the people who's posted and said i'm not making any money this is what you need to do right now if you've got clients and you're not covering your costs this is the this is the action step for you from this session yeah but, you know, it's, it's really interesting what you're saying there, Zoe. Like, if we can't actually start by saying, this is what I want, like, if we can't have that, and you can't have it with everyone, you've got to be very careful. I, I, I talk about this so much. You've got to be so careful of the people you talk to and the people that you surround yourself with. Like, you are the average of the five people you spend the most time with. I make sure the people I'm talking to on a regular basis are brilliant, growth-minded people. Like, I wouldn't talk about what I want for example, with my parents, okay, because that's not necessarily going to help me to get there. I would talk about it to a couple of friends of mine, not all my friends. I would talk about it to my brother. I won't talk about it with my sister, right? I know where I'm going to get the right energy from, but there are some people that you've got in your life who you could actually sit down and say, you know, what, what do I want? I want to drive a Porsche. I want to live in a 350,000 pound house. I only want to work three days a week. I want to earn 5K a month. I want us to spend. 20 grand a year on holidays or 10 grand a year on holidays, whatever it is, like, it's okay. You don't need to know how you're going to get there. You don't need to know how to get there, but you do need to know what you want to start with. Like, if you don't know that, there is no way we can move forward. And I, I think having that honest conversation, whether it's with your partner, with your, with your bestie, with a sibling, with a mentor, whatever, but actually saying, what is it that I want? What would make... I got to the end of 2022 and I, I'd done these things, or I got these things or whatever, I'd just be buzzing. Like I would think, wow, that was an amazing year. Yeah. What are those things that you want? Because if you can't be honest with yourself about that, there is nothing that Joe, Zoe, me, GoProsal, anything can help you to get there with. If you can't at least decide where you want to be. Yeah. And I mean, I've, I've struggled with this in the past. Like, really thinking big and because of all of this these beliefs and things and so something that really helped me is think so how was it um uh, you know a guilt-free way to get money so imagine you won the lottery right imagine you had 10 million pounds plonk in your bank account what would you want to do who would you help how would you spend some time what experiences would you want and i think that's a great way to kind of get like bypass all this self-talk and just like fantasize and think then actually when you look at it and think, okay, well, why is this not possible? Why, why am I not worthy of this? It's like, you can definitely have it. The other thing you need to do is when you are in this growth mindset and you know, if you're working and coaching and like always moving forward, those little degrees, it's really good. Um, and we talk about this in our success program about the vision board because I forget what I've achieved really quickly. And when I have this vision board and I go through and I go, oh, tick, oh, tick, 
oh tick i've done that wow look at what i've achieved when i've put it out there and said this is what i'd really like and actually it's quite scary in the way that how when you actually put things out there and actually declare it that you you're i'm swear your subconscious like moves things and puts things into alignment so that you start like making choices that move you towards your goal whereas if you never declare it you just stay quite stagnant and uh, never move forward I've, I've got i keep all the vision boards i've done i've got one from about 2015 i think and um i've got a picture of a man like ripping open the shirt saying i'm leaving but it didn't mean me it meant he was leaving his job i, I quit i'm free um and i wanted paul out of employment We've, he's been doing that for years now but that was like a massive big dream of mine so i have yeah. to remind myself that i've achieved that and i think sometimes we maybe look back and think what have you managed to achieve what goals yeah. have you already hit to kind of get that belief in yourself that you can do this yeah and and they don't have to be like you know cliche things of i mean they can be and it's it's not an issue but wanting a nice car or a nice handbag or a nice whatever right that they're all cool but the, the things that to, to my mind make a real difference are real connections with people and it can be I want to take my kids to and from school every day, you know, or I want to be able to work four days a week or get my whole golf handicap down to this or whatever it may be. It's like, what is it that's actually going to make a difference? What, what did you do last year that you love that lit you? If you think back to things that just lit you up and uh, made you think that was a great day, that was a great holiday, that was a great whatever, what were those things? Um, and, and maybe they're not that far away from you, you know, but, but it's those one or two degree changes. If you just charged in a different way, if you, you know, lost 20% of your crappy clients, if you're able to increase your revenue by 30%, 35% because of the way that you've, you know, now charging better, you could afford to employ the extra person. And, you know, it's those little things that actually make a huge difference in your life. Wow. Um, I'm uh, my, well, as always, I feel extremely fired up and, um, I'm gonna like exactly. Yeah. Definite breakthrough from the session is, you know, feeling that we're worthy. And I, I, I see, we still see quite a bit in the group. I've seen it sometimes where people say things like, oh, um, why, you know, why do you outsource the accountancy bookkeeping is, is there's no money in bookkeeping and that's in within the group. And we're like, what? Oh my goodness. Like, there's there's still there's a lot of mindset where people think that and 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 this is the other thing we have in a bookkeeping community with accountants in there but some bookkeepers still think they're just a bookkeeper just, yeah, yeah, yeah yeah and not worthy of that so i think we have that extra kind of thing to you know to battle with um on top of all of our beliefs that we've uh, grown up with but if we don't, I mean, what is the reality if we don't get this right, James? If we don't get our pricing right, what does it look like? Yeah, that's a really interesting point, that. And and sometimes if the pain isn't, you know, we do things to either avoid pain or seek pleasure. But the reality is, is it's the pain, avoiding a pain that will, will actually drive most of our actions. And so if you look at this situation and think, well, actually, having a difficult conversation with a client about doubling their fees, I associate so much pain with that then I'm not going to do it. What you therefore need to do is say, well, if I continue down the road I'm going on now, where do I get it? Where do I get to? And what you'll normally find is that if you're not charging enough, you'll get to a point where the pain becomes so great because you're not able to, you know, have tea with your kids. You're not having those holidays when 
you know, other families are going on holidays. You're not able to employ the other member of staff. You can never take any time off work. If you continue down that route, at some point, the pain is going to become so great that you're going to have to have a huge thing to resolve at that point because you've now got more clients, more clients to reprice. Or you'll say, you know what, sod this. I'm going to go get a job. And then you're back right back to the start. Because unless you sort this out now, it doesn't get any better. This If you don't solve this situation now, in six months' time, your situation won't be better. It will be worse. You are either making your situation better or you're making it worse. Nothing stays the same. So don't think that ignoring this means that it ma it maintains. It will not. It will get worse. Clients will be asking more from you. As new clients come on board, you know, th the difficulties will continue to grow. And so we have to, to decide at some point in time, enough is enough. We're going to make this, this change. And my question is, if, if not this way, if not how we've described, then how? If you're not going to do it, then who's going to do it? And if not now, then when? So if not you, then who? If not this way, then how? And if not now, then when? And we always, or you should arrive at a conclusion, right? It's got to be this way. I might as well copy other people that are, uh, you know, you don't have to figure this out yourself. The easiest way to go forward is to model the behavior of people who are achieving the results that you want. I've just had this call with my team today. Like, if there's any challenge that we've got, let's go and find the people who are achieving the results that we want. So we talked about it with the marketing strategy. Who's getting the result that we want with this marketing strategy? They are. Get them on a call. I don't care how much it costs. I don't care what we have to pay for their mentoring. So we found someone, they charge 1,500 quid a month. Brilliant. Get them on a call. Let, let's book them for 12 months and we're going to work with them for the next 12 months. We're going to solve these problems. Why should we figure it out when someone else already figured it out? Let's just copy them. It's dead easy, right? So, so cop, model your behavior on the, the people that are achieving the results that you already want. Like don't invent it. Don't put yourself through, through that hardship. You actually asked me a question there. I would just absolutely go off on one again, Joe. It's I, if I did, I've forgotten what it is, but that was amazing. You were asking about why it's in, like why is this stuff important? I think one of the yes. one of the big things that always strikes me, James, is your confidence. Like one of you are well, Ashley Leeds called you God yesterday, so I think that says a lot. But um, like you've got a lot of self belief. How what have you had to do to do that? Because I think that we could all take a bit of your self belief at times. I'd love to know that. I don't know the answer to that one. Um, my son said it the other day, someone came up to the, oh, we were outside Domino's and the guy came out to the car to tell us that it was going to be a late, the, the food was going to be late. And I, I handled it in a way. And my son said, how are you able to be as confident and talk to people like you do? And I don't know what the answer is. I used to be a magician when I was a kid. I, I learned how to be a magician when I was a kid. So I used to have like, had to walk up to tables of, people that don't believe in magic, hate magicians, don't want you there and learn to kind of uh, convince them that magic is real. So that, like that was a fear I had and I would just do it over and over and over again until I just battered the fear into submission. And it's not to say that um, I am not afraid or I don't feel like I'm not anxious in situations. I just don't identify with it. So everyone on this call will be anxious at times but what I don't say is I suffer with anxiety because the moment you say I suffer with anxiety, first of all, I say I'm suffering with it, right? And you have it like, so, but what I will say is to myself, there are times when I feel anxious and I will, I, and I've developed ways over the years to help me to overcome that anxiety, right? 
And one of the ways that I do it, back to the, the dominoes guy, is I will always try and put myself in the other person's shoes and think, what are they feeling now? And how can I help them? So when he came to the car to say, your food's going to be late, I know he was dreading coming up to the car. I knew what he was going to say as he walked out to the car. And I knew he'd be dreading it. I knew. I know someone said, we've not started their order. Go and tell them they're going to be 10 minutes for his pizzas to be here. So I knew how he was feeling, right? Before he I even opened my window, I opened the window and he went, I'm really sorry. I said, buddy, it's absolutely fine. We're in a warm car. We've got the music on. We're enjoying life. Take as long as you want, pal. It's fine. Like, and, and my, what my son said was, how were you able to deal with that situation? And I think it's because I understood how he was feeling. That, that was my main thing. So whenever I'm in a situation, if I'm talking on stage or talking at events, like this, I always feel really nervous to start with. Hugely, I've talked, you know, to hundreds of thousands of people, you know, many, many times. I still feel anxious. I still feel nervous. And what I remind myself is, is this isn't about me. This is about other people on this call. How can I help these people today to make an improvement in their life? You know, and I think it's to take you out of the equation. You're not doing what I've met so many of you. I know how what great, kind, genuine people you are. You're not doing what you're doing for you. You're doing what you're doing for other people. You're doing what you're doing for your kids. You're doing what you're doing for your partner. You're doing what you're doing for your team. You're doing what you're doing to, to help your staff, to help your clients. And it's to remind yourself of that, you know, when you go into these conversations. So even if you've got having a difficult conversation with that with that client, it's to remind yourself of why you're doing it. And it won't be you. Take you out of take you out of the equation, you know. And and like I say, genuinely communicate your intentions to the to the people. I don't know how you overcome it. I don't think you ever overcome it. In fact, I know you don't. I know you never overcome the fear, Zoe. You will always be afraid of having that difficult conversation. Fundamentally, because, and this is getting some science now, but we're hardwired. You have a, a part of your brain, the reptilian part of your brain, which knows, which is tens of thousands of years old, hundreds of thousands of years old, which knows that, Zoe, you need to stay around the campfire with other members of the tribe so that you get food. Because if you wander off into the wilderness, you'll be eaten by a saber-toothed tiger. That is hardwired into you. Your brain has one job, which is not to make you successful and happy. That is not your brain's job. Your brain's job is to prevent you from dying. That's to keep you away. So what happens is when your brain assesses something, your brain says, I, I know that I am better off assuming that this is a risk and this could kill me and it not killing me than assuming that I'm safe and it turning out to be killing me, right? So your brain will always assess the situation as the worst possible scenario that you are going to get eaten by that saber-toothed tiger, right? Because it's trying to keep you alive. The problem is, is that doesn't serve us anymore in the world that we live in now because that's not going to happen. But the, that bit of your brain is still kicking in. So when you go in and meet that client, what your brain is saying don't have the conversation because they're going to lose, you're going to lose them. And not only that client, but every client, you're never going to get paid again. You won't be able to feed your family, et cetera. That's what your brain's doing. You have to counter that. Tell, say to your brain, thank you for giving me that warning, but I know I'm going to be okay. If I do lose this client, another client will pay me more. And if they don't, I'll find another client. I will be all right, you know, and you go and have the conversation anyway because you're never going to be able to do it without fear. It will always be there.
Oh my goodness. And it's so true because even today I had, I'd sent out a proposal. Um, I sent out six proposals to the same guy, actually multiple businesses. He came to me for one set of management accounts and he's now moving um, all of his all of his businesses, all of his compliance, everything over to us. But he phoned while I was in the meeting this morning. So straight away in my brain, I'm thinking, that's it. I've done something wrong. Yeah. He doesn't want me, blah, blah, blah. So I messaged my uh, sister, who's my business partner, said, can you give him a call back? I just, you know, he's got a question, but I'm on calls a day. She's messaged back. She went, oh, he's something, he was reading something wrong. His business partner's told him what he's doing wrong. He's signing all of them later. But in my head, I'd lost everything. The yeah. house, everything. It was gone <laughs> because he wasn't going to sign. So it's so interesting. Even, and this is, so even though, um, you know, I, I run a great practice and we, we actually lost 25% of our turnover back in August. Um, we had too many eggs in one basket. We lost a client, lost 25% of our turnover. And this month we're back to more turnover and higher profit within a few months. So, um, and spreading the risk I, and spreading the risk. Spreading, better. Absolutely. Absolutely. Spreading the risk. We've learned massive lessons. So yeah. And I've been in the industry for 20 years. So yes, we, 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 there's always learning to have, there's always the fear to overcome, but there's also the benefits. And sometimes I don't think we focus enough on what the potential benefits, experiences, et cetera, we can, we can have out of that. Yeah. Like, yeah, we only focus on what can go wrong, not what can go right. You know? Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, oh thank, thank you, you so, so much, James. There's been so many breakthroughs coming through. Like Kath was just saying, I think I could listen to this for the rest of the day. So maybe we'll just have a whole day with James. Oh, day with James. And well, on, well. also, there's a, there was an idea that maybe Go Proposal could start giving out bears, that James bears that sit on the shoulder and give you wisdom. So like a bit like a builder bear, you press its, be you press its belly and ah, it gives you some kind yes. of James wisdom. I like that idea. Right. Who needs an expensive marketing agency when you've got the Six Figure Bookkeepers Club? <laughs> there you go. That's, that's my action. And what I will say then, just, just to round this off is, you know, no doubt you're going to be inspired by what you hear maybe in this session or in the other sessions from Joe and Zoe and, and the other speakers. Um, and no doubt, and hopefully you've taken lots of notes, but unless you take any action, nothing's going to change, Okay. So what I would urge you to do is just to think, what is the one thing that I'm going to do off the back of this that's going to take, you know, make me take an action? I was sat with a friend of mine the other day. He recommended a book to me. I will not leave that session without being on Amazon and saying, right, I've, is that the book? I've ordered it. It's on its way to me. The next day it was with me and I've started to read it. Like you've got to take action now. So if, if Go Proposal sounds right, if you like what Joe said and you want to go and, you know, build out a pricing methodology, download and see Go and sign up for a free trial now. If Joe and Zoe, I, I don't, I know that you don't have loads of spaces in your in your um, kind of your mentoring programs, but I know you, you will have a few spaces. If they offer that, if they offer a space to you, and there are some available to you, go and grab it. Go and sign up for it. Don't be, don't keep struggling. Don't figure this stuff out. Go and model yourself on the people who are achieving the results that you want. Life can be far easier than, than you think it is, and I think you know. We, we don't invest enough in ourselves. There is no one worthy more of your investment than you, of your time and of your money. Go and invest in yourself this year. If that's something you're going to do, developing yourself, developing your thinking, surrounding yourself with fantastic people who can help you to make those breakthroughs. 
Thank you so much, James. We really appreciate your time. And thanks for coming to speak to everyone. And thanks everyone who's been here this afternoon listening to this. You've all sat tight the whole way through. So thank you so much. James, how can people find out more about GoProposal if they want to learn more and have a free trial? Yeah, sure. So head over to GoProposal.com. You can sign up for a free trial. No credit card needed. And if it's not right for you, there's a massive cancel button. Just ejects you straight out of the system. No one will even try and keep you. So it's just you can go and check it out. If that If you're not ready for that yet, Go and get my book, Selling to Serve. Um, you get that on Amazon. And if you want to listen to me more today, you can get the audio book from there as well. And if both of those steps are too far for you, then just go and connect with me on LinkedIn. We're constantly sharing ideas and, uh, you know, mindset adjustments and, and breakthrough strategies that you can go and use on there. So just follow us on LinkedIn. Oh, fantastic. Thank you so much. Well, thank you everyone for being here. Thank you also to our sponsor, Dext. We're going to be back in about five minutes, actually, because we've got another session coming up with Hannah Roper. We're going to be talking about how to take action, which is probably a great session to follow up from this one. We're also going to be back in the Six Figure Bookkeepers Club at eight o'clock this evening for the final part of our RISE framework. And we will talk to you a bit about the Six Month Success Programme this evening as well, if you want to find out more about it. So we will see you back here in five minutes and we'll see you later on at eight o'clock this evening. Thank you so much, James. Thank you, everyone. Take care. Bye. Don't forget to join us every week on the Bookkeepers Podcast with Topical Bookkeeping Chat. Why not join our free Facebook group, the Six Figure Bookkeepers Club? Or visit us at sixfigurebookkeeper.com.